The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. Getting the fundraiser underway, the disappearing animals, and world events. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I really appreciate it. And I have quite a show planned for you today. And today is going to be the first show that I'm going to be putting out a request that you help send money as a fundraiser for two dear people that really have had some things happen that are not good. And they're brothers and sisters in Christ, and I think that we need to all band together. And I will tell you their story and what we've decided to do on this fundraiser. So that's coming up really soon. But also, I'm going to be talking about the disappearing animals again, because I'm getting an awful lot of people that are noticing the same thing. And I'm going to be talking about world events. And, of course, I'm going to be talking a little bit about survival. And usually I throw in a rabbit trail here or there. So so everyone buckle up and let's get going. What I want to start with today is all of the emails and letters I'm getting. I truly think I have the best listeners in the world. 
And I'm just an average guy out here just trying to make a difference. I'm just a guy who talks too much. But it seems that I'm touching lots of lives and I'm helping lots of people. And that's the whole reason for the show. So that really does my heart good to know that I'm reaching people and I'm helping them. And I got another email from my friend Zach, who is the 28-year-old who's wide awake. And he's quite a guy. And if he's indicative of my listeners of that age group, then we do have some hope. Because what I hear in his emails to me is a good man who's maturing. And I think that's a good thing. And I also heard from Louise in Australia. Thank you for contacting me. And I've heard from all over the country, from San Diego and Michigan and South Carolina. And so far, I think I've heard from almost every state, which shows me that shortwave is alive and well. It may not be what it used to be back in its golden era, but what is? Honestly, what is like it used to be anymore? Nothing that I can think of except one thing, and that's our Heavenly Father and how much love He has for us and how He never changes. He's the same then, now, and forever, and always. So we can always count on Almighty God. But thank you so much for the cards and letters. I do appreciate it. And also, I got a letter from Ken who gave me a Bible track that he had written. And he's dead on with what he's saying as far as the healing of God and how God's word is true and God is true and cannot lie. And he's written quite a tract, and I really did enjoy that. So thank you, Ken, for sending that to me. Well, I'm going to get into the fundraiser. I want to explain what I'm going to do first. Then I'm going to tell you all about Scott and Beth and what happened in their life that truly was devastating. I want to start out by saying that I offered to help raise money. I was not contacted by Scott or Beth, except as listeners who told me how much they enjoyed the show and they wanted to get some past episodes. Well, then I didn't hear from them for a while, and they finally got back to me and they explained why they hadn't contacted me. as They really didn't have any way to contact me or a reason at that point, because they were so devastated from a fire that took everything they owned except the night clothes that they were wearing. And I'll get into details later, but they did not contact me. I contacted them and told them that God put it on my heart that I wanted to try to be a blessing. And we contacted each other back and forth through emails, and neither Scott or Beth, either one, are very good at receiving. They've always been ones to give, and they've always been obedient to God, and they've given where God has told them to give. But for them to receive is really hard for them. I don't believe it's because they're too proud to receive. It's just that it's not normal for them to be on the receiving end, because they've always been on the giving end. And I visited with them on the phone, and they're 100% genuine. This is not a scam in any way, shape, or form. These are absolutely wonderful people. And in a minute, I'll tell you their story. But I suggested that they go through Give, Send, Go. Well, they're both very private people, and I respect that. 
And when you're signing up with one of these crowdfunding sites, they seem to want to have a bunch of information that you don't necessarily want to give. And I understand their apprehension. And so after they checked it out and they saw what it was going to entail, Scott and Beth both agreed that that their privacy was precious to them. It was one of the only things they had left. And they explained to me that they did not want to go through one of these crowdfunding sites. And they obviously trust me that I'm going to give them the money, and of course I will. And so I stated a few shows back that I was not going to accept any money coming to me. But since then, things have changed. Scott and Beth would like me to handle the money and then give the money to them. And so that's what I've agreed to do. So I want to be up front right now and tell you I'm not going to take a dime of any money that you donate to these wonderful people. But you're going to have to make sure that when you do send in a donation, that you specifically say in your letter or write on the memo area of your check what it's for. Because I want them to get every penny that you want to give them. Now with that said, I'm not going to twist anybody's arm. If God does not put it on your heart to donate, then please don't. I'm not into giving guilt trips, and I'm not into coercing or strong-arming anybody to do something they really don't want to do. But again, with that said, any gift that you feel led to send would be greatly appreciated. And you'll donate by mail, and my address is Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. I'll give that address several times during each show that I'm going to do this fundraiser, and also I will give that address at the end of the show. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about Scott and Beth Giese. They're wonderful people. They live in eastern Washington, and they've done all the right things. But what they did right more than anything else, in my opinion, is that they love the Lord. And through all of their ordeal, they have not had their faith stolen from them. They have not let Satan come in and rob them of their faith or of their hope. And that is amazing. That in itself is a testament to true faith and true belief in Almighty God. So I have to say that I'm very proud of Scott and Beth for their ability to hold on to their faith. Lesser people would not have done that. And so I want to make it very clear that they are truly your brothers and sisters in Christ. And they did everything right as far as prepping. They moved out to their bug-out location, built a beautiful cabin, had it all furnished with everything they're going to need to survive, all their food and water and medicines and everything that they needed to have. And they made that their home. And so they had all of their family heirlooms and all their important paperwork and their furniture and just everything, their vehicles. They were also set up very well for hunting and also self-protection with weapons and ammunition and They're true blue preppers, and they prepped everything 
from what I understand, perfectly. I've seen pictures of the cabin before the fire, and I've seen the fire pictures. And they lost everything. Their family Bibles, their heirlooms, all their family pictures. They barely got out with their life. And it was not a fire that was caused by carelessness. It was an appliance that malfunctioned. And I do have to say here that they did have insurance. Their property was insured. And so they've been compensated as much as an insurance company will compensate. But we all know that insurance companies always trim here and trim there, and they do their best to drag their feet in paying what they should pay. And in living in Washington State, the gun laws have changed out from under them, so it won't be possible for Scott to replace all of the guns that he had because Washington State now has made some of those guns illegal to own. But if you can imagine having everything you work for your entire life go up in flames, and then to add more injury to this, they lost their beloved pets in the fire. And both Scott and Beth are just like me. Their pets are family. And not only did they have their pets, they had their chickens. Their chicken house was on a lean-to that was attached to their house. And their chickens were considered family as well. Both Scott and Beth are very good stewards of their animals, and they treated them with respect and with kindness. And so not only did they lose everything they owned, they lost a flock of friends with their chickens, and they lost their family dog and a cat. And they did everything they could to fight the fire, but the fire was out of control just immediately. And both of them are very fortunate to have lived through this horrific experience. Now, here's where we come in. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show Radio Family. This is where we fit in. There's an awful lot of hurt, a lot of things that will never be replaced in the Gysi household. But any blessing we can give them will help them on the road to recovering, at least partially, some of the items they lost. They're still interested in prepping, but I know that their heart was wrenched from them, and it's going to be really hard for them to get back on their feet mentally and, and also materially. It's just hard to replace everything that they had because they had everything in order. They were to the point with their prepping that they were ready to help others. Then devastation hit. And so make that be a lesson to everyone who's listening, who is prepping. It might be a good idea to split up your prep supplies in different locations on your property, if possible. But I've received several very long letters from the Geeseys, and their letters are very informative, but they're hard to read because of the sadness and the loss that just comes pouring through these letters. But one thing that comes through these letters that just astounds me is this couple's ability to hold on to their faith, to love the Lord with all their heart, and to trust Him, knowing that they've had a massive setback, but they're not blaming God They're not blaming anybody. 
I do believe for a time they blame themselves. But you cannot blame yourself for an accident. They just happen. And I don't know why bad things happen to good people, but in this case it really did. So if you have a dollar or two or ten, I would love for you to send it in and make sure that you write fundraiser or fire fundraiser or Scott and Beth Geesey. Just make sure that your donation is very well marked as to what it's for. I'm very thankful to all who give to this program to keep it on the air. That's very much appreciated. As would be your donation to help this wonderful couple try to get their life back together. They do have excellent friends and excellent family. If they didn't have their family that literally came to their rescue the night of the fire, then the healing process would have been much harder. But it sounds like there are good people from a good family. And so we need to thank God for that. If you cannot give, that's understandable. But please pray for Scott and Beth Giese. Pray for healing. Pray for understanding. Pray for peace. And pray that they get their life back as much as possible. In their first contact with me before the fire, Scott and Beth said that they would really love to be my neighbor. And that really touched me, for someone to think that much of me that they would want me as their neighbor. And so I wrote him back and said, well, I am your neighbor. We just live quite a ways apart. Well, neighbors help neighbors. And Scott and Beth are my neighbors. They're my brother and sister in Christ. And so I really do feel very strong that this couple is extremely worthy and needing of assistance. So again, anything that you could donate would be appreciated. And you would send the check or money order to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. And make sure that it's plainly marked that this gift is for the Geese's or mark it as fundraiser. And I will make sure that your money gets to Scott and Beth. And I want to say God bless all of you who God puts it on your heart to donate. I would really appreciate it. And I know Scott and Beth would too. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on VeteranBrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to VeteranBrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there, and on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show, and I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at VeteranBrigades.com. 
I will be mentioning the fundraiser again at the end of the show. And I am going to stretch it out over several shows. Because I have different listeners that tune in at different times. Well, I'm going to get on to the animal update. I finally saw a hawk. After over a month of looking, I found one hawk. But that's really not true. He found me. I had some calves that were out along a little stream on the north end of the property. And mamas were calling them. And, but the babies were comfortable where they were laying. And they were ignoring their mamas. So I thought I'd better go out and roust them up and get them in for the night. And there's one lone tree that's out there by the stream. And it's an old dead tree that I need to take down. All of a sudden, a red-tailed hawk flew and landed on the top of that tree, which was about a 100 yards away from me. And he was intently watching me, and I was just so thankful to finally see a hawk. I have really been looking. And after a couple of minutes, the hawk gave his high-pitched, shrill cry and started flying. And he flew like he was on a mission. Not on a hunting mission, but on a mission to cover some ground. Because he flew in a straight line. And you could tell he wasn't looking for any prey on the ground. He was actually heading somewhere. And at the time, I thought he was possibly on a quest to try to find other red-tailed hawks. Because it looked to me like he was the only one that is in this area for sure. Well, this morning I saw him again. And he was in the old trees that are on the old tree claim that was planted over a hundred years ago on this property. And again, he was alone. And again, he gave me a nice shrill hawk cry as he flew away. But this hawk actually came here to the ranch. And I'm still scanning the skies. I'm seeing plenty of chemtrails. And I'm seeing a lot more rabbits than normal which means the predators are not out there. And then I noticed something else that have a lot of doves. And doves generally are known as peaceful birds. But these doves are aggressive. They're aggressive towards each other, and they're just basically aggressive towards other birds in general. I've never really seen that before. And since there's no hawks flying around, these doves seem to be pretty brave. They're flying higher, and they're soaring more. They're not staying in the trees, and they're not staying in cover like they normally do. But I harvest hay on a neighbor's property, and as I went to pick up the little hay bales, the owner of the property came out and asked me a question. He said, do you notice all the doves? I said, yeah, I do. And then she said, do you notice how they're fighting each other? How mean they're getting? I said, yeah, I do. I was just thinking about that myself. So I'm not the only one that's seeing that. The doves are getting odd. I know that lots of people probably think I'm a crackpot for talking about the animals and things like I do, but I really think that they're the canary in the coal mine, so to speak. I think that we're seeing just an unbalance of nature. And it could be, as Zach wrote to me, that he thought it was modern farming practices with the herbicides and pesticides. And that is definitely part of it. 
but I really think they're putting things in the pesticides and the herbicides to accomplish their goal of depopulation of God's creation. Never forget that the big agricultural companies are highly connected with the oligarchs and the New World Order, all of these people that are trying to control the world. Food is a commodity that, if you control that, you do control the world. And so these evil people do have an awful lot invested in our food supply, all the way from developing the seeds on up to the selling of the product. I do know that the bird population here is maybe one-tenth of what it should be. Like right now, I'm recording with an open window, and I'm looking out over some trees. Normally, I couldn't do that because of the chirping of the birds would be so annoying that I'd have to close the window and put up some soundproofing material to keep them from being audible on the microphone. And I hear one or two chirping way off in the distance, but more often than not, I just hear nothing. And when you go out on a nice sunshiny day, and you're used to hearing hundreds if not thousands of birds, and you hear nothing, that's pretty unnerving. And last night we had another rainstorm, which thank God for the rain, but we're pretty well saturated here, which is amazing. I couldn't say that for several years, so I'm really happy to say that. But everyone has seen the toads on the road after a warm day and you have a cold rain. The roads are steaming and, and the toads can feel that warmth. And so toads are all over the road on a rainy night. You can't help but run over bunches of them, which is sad. Well, I drove about 20 miles in the rain with the road steaming right along a river. That usually means hundreds of toads. I didn't see one toad, not one. So I know something is up. Something is not right here. And so we need to keep our eyes open, and we need to be in prayer for our animals. The same person that I put up her hay explained to me how demonic artificial intelligence is, and I agree 100%. The, maybe the technology itself isn't demonic, but the people who are developing it are developing it for satanic reasons, more than good reasons. Now, I know that there's going to be someone who's an amputee or someone that has mobility issues or something that's going to be very well helped by artificial intelligence. It's already happening. And so when used correctly, it's a gift, and it's a wonderful gift to have. But when it's used to control the people and control situations and it's used nefariously, then totally different story. And before I take my med show break, I want to once again mention the fundraiser. If God puts it on your heart to give, please send a donation marked Fire Fund or Fundraiser. Send it to me, Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. And I'll be right back. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. 
Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners, give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information. Every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to the show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail, check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. This next song was recorded in 1902 by the Edison Military Band. America, played by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea. Welcome to part two of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I really appreciate you tuning in today. Well, before I started recording the program, as most of you know, my recording studio is inside an old barn that's over 100 years old. And I have my chickens at the other end of the barn. 
Well, I had everything all ready to record, and I just sat down to start. And then a, a crash came from the backside of the barn. And I can't really describe the sound other than it sounded like a hog running under a tin fence, like a corrugated piece of tin that had a gap in it that a hog busted through, because it was definitely a tin type of a metallic sound, and it was definitely something hitting it very hard. And if anyone's heard a hog run through a tin fence, well, that's what it sounded like. People may not relate with that too much, but I can. I've heard that sound several times. That's what it sounded like. And of course, the chickens just went ballistic. And so something was after my chickens. I do have some sweet corn that's ready to pick that I'm going to be picking later on today and tomorrow that's behind my barn. And I've noticed the raccoons have been helping themselves to some of my sweet corn. But generally, a raccoon can't make that kind of a loud noise. And also, raccoons like to go after chickens at night when they're roosting. They don't really chase them around. Not that I've ever seen. But something was definitely after those chickens because I hollered and told them I was coming. And I bolted out of the room and, and I had to go around the side of the barn because I have some things in the way as far as in the center of the barn. And those poor chickens had scattered and they had ran every different direction. And the squawking and the carrying on those chickens were doing. And they were terrified of me, which they never are terrified of me. I can go pick any of these up at any time. But the predator definitely had been after them. And since it had rained, there was a big mud hole on the east side of the barn, and a rooster and a hen went flying out and landed right in the middle of the muck and immediately got stuck. So I had to go rescue a hen and a rooster. This is all before I started recording. But I didn't see anything out of place. I didn't see anything knocked over or anything bent or anything out of the normal. I just didn't see any chicken feathers. None of the chickens were killed. I didn't, couldn't find anything wrong except the chickens definitely told me that there was something very wrong and that noise I heard. I can't discount that for sure. So I got my ear open as I'm recording this waiting for something else to happen, but, but so far everything has quieted down. But I have an awful lot of stories with animals, I could tell. I have a baby kitten that, that just had his eyes open about two and a half to three weeks ago, and she was missing. And I assumed that she was dead because I looked for her for a whole day and couldn't find her. Well, the next day I'm out towards my corn patch about a hundred yards north of where the kitten was last seen. But the kitten would have had to gone through a bunch of high weeds and tall grass and things that little kittens generally just don't go through. Well, I'm out there watering my cows and I'm hearing a kitten cry clear at the backside of my cornfield. So I figured it was wild kitten, thought I'd try to catch it. Well, I got out there and it was my kitten I was looking for. And I wonder, how in the world did you get out here? And that kitten was so glad to see me, he came running to me, and I picked it up and scratched it and brought it all the way to the house. And about a week later, same thing happened, exactly the same thing. The kitten disappeared, I looked for it, I gave up on it, and there it was again in the cornfield. So I can't figure that one out either, because the other kittens have never really left their nest. 
but this one either seems to wander or something's carrying it off. But it's not their mama carrying it off, because mama's really happy where the kittens are, so can't figure that one out either. Well, I'm going to be starting my canning real soon, because I'm going to have to get my corn picked and canned before the raccoons finish it off. And I planted several hundred sweet corn seeds, and so I'm going to have quite a bit of canning to do. I have a friend who knows how to can real well, and she's going to help me can it, so I'm really happy about that. Because I'm so far behind in the hay field, it's not even funny. It's been raining almost every night, and anyone that knows anything about hay harvest knows that high humidity and rain really slows down the harvest. As a matter of fact, the harvesters that are custom harvesters that go through and do the wheat, they generally come through here on their way north about the second week of July as they cut wheat all the way from South Texas all the way back up into Canada. And it was late last week when I finally saw my first harvesting crews coming through here. So I know they're several weeks behind as well. Because you can't harvest wheat in mud in high humidity. Just can't do it. But what makes the situation really touchy, the custom harvesters are contracted to do wheat all the way across the country. And one place might be having a drought. The next place might be having too much rain. And if they get stuck in a rainy area, then the place that is dried out, they start getting really apprehensive because a lot of bad things can happen to mature wheat. It could get knocked down by hail or blown over or infested with weeds. And so there's lots of people scrambling right now, including myself, to try to get things done. Now, I decided to record this program at the time I'm doing it, which is broad daylight because there's so much mud and so much humidity in the hayfield that I'm working that there's no use me going out and pretending that I'm going to get anything done. Last night I went ahead and baled up several hundred bales of hay, and the hay was a little bit damp, and my baler really didn't like it. But I thought, well, it's been rained on three nights in a row, and it's going to get ruined if I don't get it. So I turned it several times and dried it out as much as I could, and I went ahead and wrapped it up and got it done. And I'm going to feed it right away because it's a little dampish and I don't want it to mold. But enough about me. How's your survival supplies looking? Is it looking pretty good? Looking pretty bleak? Somewhere in the middle? Well, I think that the world situation is deteriorating so fast that if you're in the bleak category, you need to do what it takes to go out and outfit yourself up with as much food and other supplies as you can possibly afford. I don't like to tell people to panic buy. I don't like to tell people to spend money that they really can't afford to spend. But if you have a couple dollars in your pocket and you're trying to decide whether to go out and eat a fast food hamburger or cook at home, Go ahead and cook at home and take that money you're saving and put that towards some beans and rice before the price of rice gets out of hand and beans get scarce. Things are happening so fast and so big all over the world that it's just scary what's going on. 
in a nutshell, the way I see it, is that Europe was addicted to cheap energy from Russia, but the United States insisted on Europe sanctioning Russian oil and natural gas, and so Europe is now suffering because of these sanctions that they imposed against Russia. Well, their ace in the hole was Africa. Africa is rich with natural resources. So Europe has decided that they're going to go exploit Africa. And Africa's been in the news an awful lot because Russia's been holding summits with the Africans, and Africans have been really vocal about this Ukrainian war. Now I'm starting to see what's going on here, is that that is another theater in this war, is going to be Africa. Russia is going to do everything in their power to keep the West out of Africa. And the Africans themselves do not want United States or the Western countries there at all. They do not want us there. And it seems that Niger is on the verge of a war with a lot of the countries that surround Niger. And it seems that the United States and also some other Western nations have troops in Niger, they say, to protect their interest. But the people who now control the government in Niger don't want the United States or, or allies of the United States to have troops in their country, which is understandable because it's their country. And it seems that there's mass protests of people in the streets waving Russian flags, wanting the United States troops out of their country. And of course, the United States says, no, we're not going to leave. Well, that automatically makes the United States an occupying force, which is not good. Now, all of a sudden, all these countries that surround Niger want to attack Niger. And so it looks to me like there's another proxy war that the United States is starting that's going to kill hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of Africans. And as a citizen of the United States, I have to ask, when is all this garbage going to stop? When is our government going to quit playing world rulers? When are they going to start looking out for the interests of the United States and not meddle in other countries' affairs? There's an awful lot of evil things that are going to happen real soon. And if you think starvation and pestilence and death is prevalent in Africa, if you think it's that way now, if this war does kick off in the center of Africa, then you're going to see an awful lot of horrible things come out of that continent. And it's all due to Europe wanting cheap oil and natural gas. And I've always been one of those that was sick of all these countries that whined and moaned about everything that the West was doing to them, while at the same time accepting our money. That always bothered me. Well, after doing some research, I found out that the West has indeed been buying resources from Africa, but they're only paying them pennies on the dollar. Some of the poorest countries in Africa are some of the richest countries and resources in the entire world. And so these countries should be rich because of their resources, but they're being exploited, and so they're not rich at all. They're very much impoverished, and that's why 
the African people don't want the United States there. They feel that they've been taken advantage of way too long. So we're seeing a massive change among the population of Earth, and I don't know if it's Niger or one of the countries in Africa, I think it's Niger, is on the verge of becoming the third most populated country in the entire world behind China and India. So we're talking about, and so we're talking about multitudes of people who could potentially starve to death if hostilities break out in Niger. And it seems that the Africans at the summit that was held in Russia have agreed in part that the United States dollar should no longer be the world currency. And so the United States keeps digging a hole. They need to put their shovel down before they dig any deeper. They think that they can just keep things going the way they've always been. But there's a big difference. The people in the United States are exporting wokeness and transgender and things that the world does not want. We're not making hardly anything here anymore. We're importing a lot more than we're exporting. And when these African nations are driving cars from Japan or China, and they're using nuts and bolts and tools and household goods and all sorts of dry goods, all made in China, and then you have the United States standing over them with a big stick, well, they don't see the United States as their partner anymore. They don't see the United States really doing anything except exploiting them. Now, I'm sure that there are some things that the United States is doing good in Africa. But I don't think Africans see it anymore. I think they see the exploitation. And what that means to you is it means that all the prices for prepping are going to go way up. I don't know about gas prices where you live, but gas has went up 30 cents a gallon here in the last two weeks. And if these wars start popping off all over the world, and there's five or six areas where war could start at any second, we have the trouble in Korea, we have the trouble in Taiwan, the trouble of the Mideast, the trouble in Central Africa, the trouble in Eastern Europe. And if any of these conflicts go hot and go kinetic, then I think all of them will. What I see, and I hope I'm wrong, but what I see is one conflict exploding and it being like a domino and all the conflicts are going to explode. I think at the same time, I think you're going to see a revolution in France. Also, I think you're going to see blood in the streets of the United States, all sorts of rioting. And one of the reasons I think you're going to see rioting in the streets of the United States is that I think the United States is run by very evil, stupid, demonic people that are going to get us into a world war. And since we don't have enough military personnel because they haven't met their quota for quite some time, not even close, they're going to have to start up the draft. Can you imagine if all these Antifa thugs get a draft notice in the mail? Can you imagine all these transgenders and these woke people and these Black Lives Matter people? Can you see them being told that they're going to have to report to the military and get into basic training. It's not going to happen without lots of blood on the streets and lots of violence. 
and you have all these illegals that are crossing our border. If they're told they have to serve in the military, a lot of them aren't going to do it. Some of them will. Some of them, some of the people that have crossed the border will see that would be their ticket for citizenship. But your average American that is used to having their cell phone stuck in their face, there's no way, there's no way you're going to draft those peacefully. It's not going to happen. And so when it pops off, I think it's going to pop off very big, very widespread. That's where I don't think you're going to have anywhere to turn in the entire world, except to Almighty God. You need to understand that there is one place that you can go that's never changing. There's one place that you can go for refuge, and that's to Almighty God. Never, ever forget that God is there for you and that he sent his son to die for you. And no one on earth could claim to have a better friend than Jesus. But I do think it's time to top off your prepping, go to farmer's markets, get some real food, can your own food, go to wholesale houses and buy in bulk lots, buy a pallet if you can and can it. And I would say that overkill at this point would be the way to go. You can always sell your excess or gift it to someone who really needs it. But we have governments all over the world that are out of control, and they're not going to be watching out for you or me. They don't care. All they care about is their greed. You know, like the big guy, he needs his 10%. The corruption that we have is absolutely enormous. And it's out in the open. And it seems that these people are proud of their corruption, which is very sad. And as I'm starting to get ready to finish my show, I mentioned the trees that were out of a window. I just had three doves land in the tree and start fighting. I've never seen doves fight before. Maybe they have, and I just haven't noticed. But when my neighbor notices it and I notice it, well, there's got to be something up. And they don't seem to be fighting over anything except just to fight. Sounds like a bunch of governments I know. They just want to fight. And what's really sad is that we're supposedly a representative republic. I don't really think we are. I think we are in name only. But none of our representatives will represent us. I don't know about you, but I don't want any money sent to Ukraine. I don't want to train people to kill Russians. And I don't want Russians to kill anybody else. I think we need to let that war take its course and just get out. Let it happen over there. Let them settle whatever differences they have. And then get on with it. But instead, we're insisting on escalating. Escalating, escalating, escalating. And we have the United States providing all sorts of intelligence and helping coordinate drone strikes against Russia. It's just a matter of time before our Pentagon goes too far. And I don't think that the people in our Pentagon are the same type of people that your father or your grandfather had in the Pentagon in years past. As a matter of fact, I'm hearing stories that are from West Point graduates that graduated several years back that say they could no longer recognize the United States Army as the same army it was just a decade ago. So things have definitely went downhill. 
and I've always been one to support the troops, but I can't support the missions that they're going on. It seems that the United States is now going to put military personnel from our country on ships where the Iranians have been seizing vessels. We're going to start putting troops on different ships to fight Iranians. Now, if we were putting troops on ships that were flagged from the United States, that would be different. That's never been done before, but it's understandable. But apparently we're going to start putting troops on ships from other nations. Does that sound remotely legal to you? It doesn't to me. What it sounds to me like is that the United States is trying to be the de facto rulers of the world. And it also sounds to me that the United States is itching for a fight with anybody. Russia, China, Iran, Venezuela, they don't care. They're just itching for a fight. And what the citizens of this country need to understand, in my opinion, our government's totally out of control. And one of these countries is going to be obliging. And they're going to poke the United States right in the nose. And when that happens, be prepared for Russia, China, and all the others to come against the United States unified. That would be our worst nightmare. But something tells me that the people who are now in charge of our government, who I think are illegitimate, I truly believe that it's their goal and their mission to bring the United States to its knees. I really think our true enemy is in Washington. And so if you keep asking yourself, why are they doing these stupid things? Because they're hurting our country? Well, it's not stupid if that's what they're trying to do. Then they're very effective. And I think we have some people that are very demonic. I don't think they're very bright. But I do think they have a nefarious plan. And I think they're carrying it out. And I think it's working. But as long as we have our head in the sand, well, we're never going to see it. Just stay vigilant. Fill your pantry if you can. And if you have people in your life that you dearly love, don't give up on them and continue to try to wake them up. But if you see that it's pointless and fruitless to wake anybody else up, I think you need to really concentrate on yourself and your family and ask yourself if you're really prepared for a year or more of horrible hostilities. And I think there's enough pent-up anger among some of these countries who have been sanctioned and bullied by the West, if they ever get the upper hand, then they're not going to have any mercy. And I truly don't think that our military is led well enough, like this General Milley and the rest of them. I have zero confidence in them as commanders. They're politicians. They're social engineers. I don't think they're soldiers. So everyone buckle up, get ready for a bumpy ride, and always remember I will be here to try to help you through as much as I can. And I wanted to mention also that Bob Bierman from Tooth to Ponder has contacted me about doing several more shows per week on Truth to Ponder. And of course I told him yes, I would do anything he asked because 
Bob Behrman is a good friend of mine, and I really appreciate him doing all the things he's done for me to keep this show on the air and to help me grow as a broadcaster. And so I'm going to be doing more episodes of Truth to Ponder. And I wanted to take this time to thank all the listeners to this show for following me over to Truth to Ponder. And if you haven't done that, well, it's real easy to do. I'm doing the Wednesday show, and you can go to truth2ponder.com and then scroll down to episodes, and you could hear Bob Bierman each day, all but Wednesday, and hear me every Wednesday. And Bob was just thinking out loud on the phone the other night, and we were brainstorming, and he thought maybe one or two extra days a week would give him some time to recover because he just had cancer surgery, plus he started a church, and he's got a lot of things going, and he just needs some time off to concentrate on building his church and also building his health back. So you can look for me over on Truth to Ponder, and we're looking at probably Wednesdays, Thursdays, and possibly Tuesdays, but everything's in the air right now, but I just wanted to give you that heads up that it looks like I'm going to be doing more episodes on Truth to Ponder. And again, I want to mention the fundraiser. If you feel it in your heart to give to Scott and Beth Giese, who lost everything in a fire, that would be greatly appreciated and or you want to donate to this program to keep it on the air, I take checks and money orders. And make sure that if you send a check or a money order for the fundraiser, please clearly mark it as for the fundraiser. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163. Hershey. Nebraska. Hershey, Nebraska. The zip code is 69143. That's 69143. And as I'm getting ready to sign off, I can hear my roosters in the background crowing. And so everything must be okay with the chickens. At least for now. Thanks for listening, everyone. And until next time, everyone, stay safe, get prepared, keep your eyes wide open, keep your powder dry, but most important of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small in Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.